On this day, Jacob, in 1958, the NCAA adds the two-point conversion to the football scoring. How has that changed? How has that how has that affected the the league since then? That they added that there there, there wasn't two-point conversions before that, huh? No, nope, the 1958 they added it. According from what I'm seeing here. I mean, it's it's it's, it's clearly changed the game. I mean, a two-point conversion off is how they handle overtime after two overtimes in college now. So I mean, it's 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 made its way into. It's basically a format at this point, so I mean, it's a good addition. It adds a little bit of entertainment at the end of games. You you know, you see those games that you get down to twenty to twenty one, and someone goes for two. Makes the game more exciting, I think. I think it was a good addition. Yeah, a lot of games, a lot of two point conversions. I mean, we've talked about NFL games this year of the whole uh, old Ravens going for it to two, just try to end it a couple times a season, but. <clears throat> Well, hello all to the Lowing Brothers podca- Sports Podcast here, where today we'll be talking about the national championship game, our reaction to that, um, NFL preview slash our kind of predictions, MVP pick for the NFL season, and also Clay Thompson finally returns to the NBA back on the floor. Um, but to start today, we're going to start off with our reactions and just from this national championship game between Alabama and Georgia, where... It first half it was more of a defensive game. It seemed like a game of field goals to start the game, and then Georgia kind of just took off the second half more or less to the fourth quarter, scoring 20 points in the fourth quarter to finally take the lead. Um, so to Jacob, I just ask you, what's your reaction to to that game? Did was that what you expected? And does does this define Alabama, Georgia, the SEC? Like, is this just kind of a just the way that this game went? You take it however you want. I, it, it was pretty much in line with what I think I thought it was going to be. I, I, I said last week that um, Vegas having Georgia as a three-point favorite was about right. It seemed that way. Um, 15 points makes the game seem like it was a two-touchdown game, which I, it really wasn't. That pick six with a minute left, um, you know, can change things, you know, down the stretch there. So I mean, it, it was basically it was basically a touchdown game, which is about what I expected to see. Um, I said I expected it to be, you know, a very good defensive game because both those defenses are great. Georgia's defense is so fast. It is, you know, just amazing. At, I mean, at, at how talented that, that Georgia defense is. Um, I don't know a ton about Georgia. I mean, I know that they are staffed with talent. Um, they have more five-star players on their team than the whole Pac-12, so they'll be okay. And they're probably bringing in four or five more. I don't know, but it wouldn't surprise me if they were. So I mean, they're talented. They'll be fine, and they won't be playing a walk-on quarterback. I mean, I'm, uh, you know, playing a quarterback who is a walk-on next year either. So, um, with Alabama, I mean, Alabama's bringing their two best players back. <coughs> you know, I mean, I, I just think they'll, I mean, they'll be back. They always are. They're favored to win next year right now. They're the top. Um I don't think they're um, like the odds-on favorite. I think they're still a plus, but I'm not 100% sure when I looked at that this morning. But so they'll be they'll be competitive. I would probably say those two are probably one-two going into next year. I said, I mean, Georgia will will reload. They'll probably have someone. I mean, I mean, listen, Stetson Bennett's a good quarterback, but whoever they replace him with will probably be better. I mean, let's be honest with ourselves here. Um, oh yeah, for sure. If I mean, if if that Georgia team had, you know one of the Heisman, you know, quarterbacks. I mean, they they probably could have been one of the better teams ever, you know, in line with, you know, Vince Young's Texas and, you know, Joe Burrow's LSU a couple years ago. So, 
that's kind of my take. Uh, what, what do you think about it? Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, like I said, I predicted Alabama to win. I, def, I wasn't surprised. I mean, I think it could have went either way. I clearly, I was more leaning towards Alabama to start, but it was just what the game was as I think is what you typically think of an SEC game. Like it was a defense dominant game and it was just a couple big plays that changed the game. I think it definitely could have went Alabama's Alabama's way. I just think the couple big plays that happened happened for Georgia's side, and that's what decided. I, that's all the game was, in my opinion, was just two big plays, a big, big long throw by Bennett and a nice touchdown pass, and then the pick six at the end clearly with a minute left. And who knows what happens. That pick six doesn't happen. I mean, Alabama drives. They have to get the two-point conversion. But, like, I think it was it was a defensive game. Georgia came up with the big plays that needed to happen, and that just decided the game. Um, like you said, Alabama next year they bring back the Heisman Trophy winner. They're gonna reload. Georgia's gonna reload. I did look while you said that Georgia has five five star recruits that are committed to them next year. It's the second most behind <clears throat> second most behind Texas A&M, who has six. Alabama has three, and Ohio State has two. Then the rest of them have one. Michigan has one, just so you know. Um, but yeah, like I said, they're both they're both gonna reload. It was just it was just defensive game, and like I said, I just at the end of the at the end of the day, it just came down to who made the big plays, and Georgia made the couple big plays that really changed the game, in my opinion. You know, I really I really thought the game was over when Stenson <laughs> had that fumble. I thought Alabama was going to put it away there, and they didn't. So, I mean, Georgia's defense just came up big every time they needed to. Yeah, and to to go with your point here where you just said whoever, you know, Georgia's quarterback is next year. You know, Bear, you know, um, oh, oh, I can't. You just said his name. Stetson Bennett? Stetson Bennett. He wasn't their starting quarterback there. It was JT Daniels. JT Daniels, who, who was, was supposed probably to be better. a dude, but he got injured. <laughs> And was injured most of the season, but then you know at that point, like, Daniels was there to play. He could have played in the championship game, but you know clearly you're going to roll with the hot hand, the guy who's been leading you all season. And JT Daniels is only a junior, so he'll be back next year. So I mean, he'll be right there to take the reins back. And I'm sure George will be just fine with him back there. And like I said, uh, uh, it'll just be interesting how next. Like I said, I guarantee next year will be Alabama, Georgia, one, two, probably depending on the order. Of where they're ranked, and then I don't know. I just I was glad to see. Like I said, I I lo- I'm not one of those people. It's like oh, I hate Bama. They always win. Like hate them so much. Kind of like those people who hate the Patriots and NFLers. Like they always want to hate them. Like I don't hate Bama. I actually like Bama. And if they would have won, I wouldn't have cared. But I, I I like Bama better. But I was always I was happy to see that a different team win it. Not not Bama or even Grand Clemson was bad, but it just seemed like the past however many years just been Clemson or Bama. Grand LSU won the one year, but I mean when you think back to college football, I don't think you I know LSU won it the one year, but in my head I always just think Alabama Clemson because that's all you've seen in the past however many years. Like they've always been the number one and two teams it seemed like every single year besides this year. So yeah, it's just nice to see I a different to win team more than one since the playoffs yeah. have started. Yeah they yeah, it would be those it would be the only ones. And Alabama's probably won this was the eighth year of the playoffs. Seventh or eighth. Yeah. Bama's probably won I think Bama's won three. Clemson has won two. 
Ohio State, LSU, and Georgia have one apiece, I think. Yep, that'd be right, because Ohio State won the first one. It had been in 2014 after the new year, clearly. But, <clears throat> but yeah, I don't know. I, it was a good game to watch. I, I really enjoyed watching it. Like I said, I wasn't too intrigued with it. Just like just kind of like you said, like, I don't know. This happened to SEC champ. This was the SEC championship game. We saw it, we got this game, whatever, two three years ago. And I just I, I think people are sick and tired of seeing the SEC dominate. And it feels like Alabama versus Michigan or Alabama or Georgia versus Cincinnati. I think I would have been a lot more interested in the game because it's not two SEC teams playing. If but Cincinnati would have beaten Alabama, that game would have been watched by everyone. I guess it would have. That would have been a interesting game to watch like i said i that's why i kind of wish and maybe i and the thing is if say the playoff was expanded to eight or 12 i feel like we still got the same results i feel like we still would have had a georgia alabama matchup in there those just two teams like we talked about last week are just way more dominant than any other team that was out there this year they are clearly (coughs) above and beyond the rest like i said like, the gap between two and three is, I mean, obviously huge. Because, I mean, Georgia beat Michigan by, you know, 20 points. Alabama beat Cincinnati by 20 points. And I <coughs> I legitimately think that Michigan and Cincinnati are the two next best teams in the country. They're just, like, Alabama and Georgia are just that much better than them. Which is, that's so crazy. That there can be that big of a gap at the top. Yeah, no, that, and... That's the thing. I feel like there hasn't been, but I feel like it's almost maybe not every single year, but this year especially. But like, we talked about this before we started the show. Even like, I kind of told you, I feel like because I was looking to pardon the interruption. Like Mike Wilbon was tight talking and something. Like he talks about how he thinks he should stay to four because every single year it seems like there's such a big gap in the semifinal games. Like, I don't feel like there hasn't been very many semifinal games where it's, it's come down to the last possession. I mean, there's been a couple ones went went into overtime, but like. It just feels like every single year they always have the top two teams playing each other in the national championship game, even though there's four teams. I still want to see eight and stuff like that, but like we don't have to get dives too far into that. But like, like I, I just I, I understand the argument, but you don't see anyone asking for the FCS's playoffs to be reduced from 24 to four just because Andy Sue makes it every year. What's the point of playing more games? People like more games. People people want to see number six versus number versus number eleven. It's just fun. It's fun. No one, you know, like no one complains that you know that 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 Duke and Kentucky and the same three teams, you know, are are, are in the Elite Eight and the Final Four every single year. It's it's fun to watch those games, like even if they don't matter. Yeah, no, I agree with you. <clears throat> uh, and I mean, I hate to say it, you know, I don't know why it hasn't happened. Because NCAA is all about money. I feel like they'd make a lot more money if they made a move to that because those are that'd be. Right away, if you had eight teams, you know, that's four games in the top ten matchups right there. And then another one, another one. NCAA be racking in money. I can't believe they haven't thought. Surprised NCAA hasn't been like, let's do 16 teams. Like, think of all the money we could make with all these matchups that we could get in there. Yeah, I mean, I said, I mean, and like their, their biggest argument, like, leading up to when the playoff was instituted in 2014 was, but the bowl games, like, you can still play all the other bowl games. No, like, nothing's stopping you from, like, like, I want you to play the other bowl games. You know, people... So many people complain. They're like, oh, no one wants to watch these six and six teams play on a Tuesday. I mean, fine. I mean, that's your opinion. But I mean, like, I think it's great. You know, give those kids, I mean, you know, you make them earn it. You don't just let everyone play one more game. But, but I mean, like, I think you've had a successful season. 
you know, this is still college. This is the pros. I mean, I, I say, I say, give the kids one more game, and if no one goes, and they, and like I said, those kids want to play. They don't care if yeah, no one well, watches it or shows up. Yeah, like you said, that, the kids definitely do want to play. And you're thinking about the whole, like the NCAA is talking about the bowl games. I mean, I understand the yeah, those kids, but in my opinion, I don't care if I saw the pepperoni freaking bowl game featuring a six and six versus another six six and six team or the the freaking mini fridge whatever you know just the random made up names i swear they come up with every single year to throw in there it is special to those kids that have those six and six games i saw a video this year in the bowl game where it was a six and six team versus like a seven and five team and six and six team one this guy this kid was bawling on the sidelines because they won this bowl game and it means it means a lot to them to play these bowl games and win but it's still just like in my head it's like maybe there's a lot there's really diehard fans that want to watch those games and maybe bet on them but like to me it's just like i could care less about them those games those games aren't at all about viewership entertainment it's about making money off the corporate partnerships and just getting the kids another game that's really all that it's about like i said i mean I, I mean, as someone who doesn't watch those games, like I think it's a good thing that they happen. Yeah, I mean, I can agree with you. Like I said, I'm not going to watch them. So I mean, if they, they're making money and all that partnerships, yeah, props to them. They they can pl- they can play them and watch them. But <clears throat> anyways, kind of got off topic there. But in general, SEC rules. Georgia wins. End of the season. And as always, we can count on the NCAA to not get it done and they failed to give us that expanded playoff that we've been Mm -hmm. talking about i think the news broke yesterday that they weren't able to come up for something for the 23 season i believe but i think there's still hope that they might get it in by the 24 25 seasons in two or three years yeah they talked about it today or yesterday whenever came out that there was a disagreement between all the committee members of if it should be uh some and I don't know the percentage, but let's just just throw it out there. A third of the committee thought it should be four, should stick to four teams. A third thought it should go to eight, and a third should go to twelve. So there was no discussion even between six, which there or, shouldn't be. That's honestly, I'd rather see it stay at four. That's such a well, pointless no, I, thing to do. Well, I know that, but you, you had those people. I was probably one of them at the beginning of it too. That before it went to eight, to go to six. Before it went to twelve, it'd go to eight, and um. They just the committee couldn't agree to it, which, and it was the one of the SEC coaches or whoever's in the committee for the SEC. Um, well, apparently, was pissed that the committee couldn't think of something because the SEC, whoever was in it, wanted uh, wanted to go to twelve teams. Well, I mean, the SEC would get four teams in every year. That's why. Well, I know exactly. That's what I was going to say. Is that that the mid majors? Because the SEC would get however many teams every single year in there that that's the SEC wants to expand and then they can put more teams in there. And honestly, if you ask me, I love, I, I hate seeing the SEC dominate, but I think if we went to 12 and you had four teams SEC, I think it'd show every single year. I think it'd show how still dominant the SEC is. I think you I think most years you'd have more SEC teams up towards the front of the pack than making it further than, well, clearly even with eight or 12, I feel like you're still going to have the Georgias and Alabamas grinding through it all but whatever doesn't matter i I just hope the committee can come up with something and agree on something because i i think it needs a change from four i understand the top four teams are probably more more often than not going to be the teams that win 
the national championship, but for viewership and for me as a person to see another one more game of that, I think it'd be awesome. I have to, I have to agree with that. I mean, we've talked about this actually quite extensively, you know, in past episodes, but I mean, it, it, it's just, it's just better. Everyone's for it. Said just, they can't agree because, because I mean, here's the thing, like I said, Alabama and (laughs) they don't want more teams in the playoffs. They want to keep it at four. So they don't have to play as many games, you know? Yeah, well, and like I said, too, about the whole expansion, like I'm not getting into it, that's one of the point where you take away the – you take conference championships away or you take one less game away in the regular season, which which is what make which would make that up for them. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, and I mean, and as of right now, I mean, those – I mean, the teams still get like three weeks off before they have to play in the semifinals. Yeah. Like, like they have – they have plenty of – you know, like if you wanted to throw two more games in there and, and like I said, you – which is why it's important to have 12 is because if those top four teams get a bye, it makes it important for you to win those conference title games so you actually get a week off. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with you. And I don't think they're going to add any more games because, you know, the coaches and people argue that one more game is another game for injury for some of these kids. I think if anything happens, they'll take away some game or conference championship or something like that. But <clears throat> Yeah, I'd rather, I'd rather see them take a take it take away a regular season game and keep the conference title games but if they go away with that oh that's fine it works in fcs and fcs they don't play you know title games they do 11 game regular seasons but they also have a 2014 playoff so i mean that i mean in order to win the in order to win the you know fcs you have to you have to win four games which i mean when you have to have that many playoff games you have to cut a couple games out which it works but um you know, speaking of FCS, we're talking about this expanded playoff thing. We got to touch on this, this this controversy that's going on Twitter the last couple of days <clears throat> that stemmed from probably the most ridiculous, heinous, unbelievably terrible take I, I, I think I maybe have ever seen that Dom Izzo tweeted yesterday. But I'm going to start with, so the original tweet that started this whole thing, some guy named Mike McFeely, who writes for Inforum, <coughs> posts, NDSU finished number 38 in the final Sagarin computer rankings of all 258 Division I football teams. Only four group of five teams were ranked ahead of the Bison, which were Cincinnati, Boise State, Houston, and Louisiana. And, you know, I mean, this is kind of used as a thing to say, see, NDSU is better than all these teams because... And for those that don't know the Sagarin computer rankings, it's basically a really fancy computer formula that they use to rank all these teams between FCS and FBS using a really fancy formula, which actually works really well. Vegas uses Sagarin rankings all the time to create spreads and stuff. So like these rankings are good. So like I'm not I'm 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 not trashing these rankings, but so this guy starts with saying, so NDSU finished 38th in this really fancy computer poll, right? <coughs> Dom Izzo follows this up with 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 this. This is an exact quote. I'm not paraphrasing here. Dom Izzo quote tweets that tweet and says, and again, if the playoff would expand to 12 teams, this would have been a year when NDSU would have been in the mix for a playoff spot to play Georgia or Alabama or Michigan or keep playing Western Illinois, whatever. End tweet. He legitimately thinks that NDSU would have been, quote, in the mix for a playoff spot, and he defends himself later on in other threads, and and he released some clips from his podcast this morning defending this take. He says, "I didn't say they make it; I'd say they'd be in the mix. In the mix, how they lost to an F, they lost to an FCS team. 
<clears throat> yeah, Jacob, I am absolutely flabbergasted about this this um tweet that Dom Izzo put. Flabbergasted, Jacob. I don't throw that ra- word around lightly. Honestly, I don't use it very often. But when I saw that, I am flabbergasted. What in the hell is he thinking? You, we argue of these top teams, even the twelve, even the twelve. If we moved it up, we talk about these teams with one loss, like in the top four, so like the, they had one loss, like oh, was it a bad loss, good loss? They lost to an FCS team, and he thinks that that puts them. In the top 12, they wouldn't even be in the conversation. Like, in this ranking, he, he responds, in this ranking, what, you said they're 38? Yeah. How does 38 put them in the conversation for 12? And, and here's but, here's his argument, and I listened to his two-minute clip he posted from, from his podcast, and he goes, if if you go 12-1 and one and win your conference in FBS, even if you're a bit major, in the new playoff, and they, and they guarantee a selection to... A group of five teams, they'd be in consideration with the other group of five teams. And then it's like, so you're automatically assuming that NDSU would win 12 games and only lose one and win and win the Mountain West if they went if they went FBS. They'd win they'd win eight games. Said so they'd be they'd be a great team. I, I this isn't this isn't an NDSU hate episode, guys. I I want to be I want to be clear here. NDSU would probably win seven or eight games in FBS. They're really good. Like I said, like these rankings are normally. Pretty spot on. I like. I wouldn't doubt they could win seven or eight games, maybe even nine. But NDSU's not going twelve and one in the Mountain West, and and then and then winning the conference title. That is insane. Yeah. No. I would honestly agree the same this exact same thing. The NDSU, if they play Mountain West, like clearly, yeah, I agree. They would. They win some games. They'd probably win most of them. But even that. They they go twelve and one, and even if they went to twelve teams, I feel like a lot of those mid you know non power five teams that when their conference one with one loss would still barely be in the conversation to make the top twelve. Yeah, like I said, I mean, like I, undefeated. Yes, of course they'd be in the top twelve because they're an undefeated F, FBS team and this and that. But like one loss as an as an FBS team and one that in a conference that's not power five. You're barely going to be considered in the top 12, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, that is just ludicrous. I mean, UCF went undefeated back-to-back, and I think the best ranking they gave them was, like, 9. <clears throat> yeah, no, that, that's my point, exactly. And and I don't, and like I said, we talked about no. I think the only reason why Cincinnati got in this year is because it, it, everything fell in their lap, like I said. After the the top four, there was no conversation. If if an org if Oregon was, I think I honestly believe if Oregon, like say they won the Pac-12 and they were undefeated, or say they had like one loss, I feel like there would have been a conversation. Well, or I feel like Oregon would have got in over Cincinnati. The only reason why they're undefeated, and Pac-12 had two losses. You know, ACC there was no team there that could have went in there. Um, the Big 12, there was no team either. So, like, it just kind of fell in their lap that they had that opportunity to be in there. Any other year when the – clearly Michigan got in there. and But you have an ACC team. Like, if you had Clemson this year, for there's no way Cincinnati's getting in. So, But, like, that's four teams clearly. But <clears throat> I'm just – can't believe it. That's just the one of the most idiotic things I think I've ever heard. Especially you sent me that tweet to me and Alex today, and I'm just like, what in the hell is this guy thinking? Not the conversation. Yeah, they might have been in 
conversation. Say they went 12. They might have been in conversation for a good bowl game. But to be in the top 12, forget about it. And I'm not trying to, like I said, this is not an NDSU hate episode. Like, they would be good, like you just said. Like And clearly, me and you are biased. But, like, I respect NDSU for what they've done, clearly. But, like, just can't believe that he said that. And... Yeah, I mean, that, 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 that's part of our thing, Jacob, uh, many episodes ago when we talked. And I don't know if we talked with Carson or maybe it was before that. But when we talk about that's what I just – something about some, not saying everybody. It, I think it's very few that I could point out about NDSU fans. That some people come out and say something like that. Say that they could – they would have been in the conversation for the top 12. Like they they won the FCS championship game and they're 38. Yeah, this. and I mean, and you can. I I looked at. I'm I'm scrolling. I mean, this this page that has the rankings is kind of wonky to read, but if you read it, the the best team in those Sagarin rankings that they played, that that NDSU played this year was Montana State, who is like. Ooh, nope, no, never mind. It would be South Dakota State, who's number seventy-one, and they lost to them. <coughs> they lost. Yeah. In terms of the Sagarin rankings, the best team that they've played all year, they lost to them, and they're ranked number 71. And they're like, well, that was on the road. You play all, you're, you're, you're going to play four teams a year who are better than South Dakota State on the road when you go up. You can't just, mm-hmm. you can't just lie on the Fargo Dome anymore. And frankly, the Fargo Dome is not going to be as big of a thing anymore because Boise State plays in places where there's more than 20,000 people there all the time. Yeah. And the Fargo Dome's not special. They think it is because they go to the Lair Center and they see there's 10,000 people there and it's quiet. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. And I don't, I don't know. It's just – and that's the thing, though. Like I said, they won the FCC, FCS and this thing. And like I said, it might not be the most you, – you, I didn't know about this. I mean, you have out there like this pretty reliable thing. But <clears throat> this thing has them at 38. Like you can't tell me – and not, like I said, not saying any once every five, ten years, whatnot. If NDSU was in the FBS, they'd be ranked in the high twenties or something like that. But they're 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 not gonna. I just. I, just, I mean, like listen to I, some of the teams that are ranked above, um, that are that are ranked, <clears throat> you know, right around the area that NDSU is ranked in this thing. Like like Florida, who went six and seven, is forty three, and they almost beat Alabama. And 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 they'd play a team like Florida seven times a year. And he's yeah. not going twelve and one. Which I mean, here's the deal: the main crux of his argument is 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 correct. Like a twelve and one conference championship from a G five team would be in the mix because it, that's only if you guarantee a G five team school an automatic bid. If there's no automatic bid, a G five team school <laughs> needs to go undefeated to get into the top twelve. You're like you're not going to go twelve and one and make it in the top twelve. But like. Like he's right about that, but like saying that this would have been your NDC would have been would have been in the mix for a playoff spot is crazy because they wouldn't go twelve and one. Yeah, no, I it's insane. And well, he says this, okay, and I, I say that, and say you put NDSU in the Big Ten or the SEC or even the Big Twelve or any of those Power Five conferences, they're going five hundred. I wouldn't even know if they went five hundred in those good, really good conferences. I mean, imagine if they had to play Georgia, Alabama, Ole Miss, Florida, LSU. And granted, these are down just for LSU and Florida, and they both went and they both went six and seven. 
and they're still pretty good. You, you just go like, I, I mean, like you throw that six and seven team, uh, you know, six and seven LSU team into the Sun Belt, and they probably win 10 games. Yeah, I, I, I would, I, I would agree with you too, but it's just, it's just crazy. I, once, once you sent that to me, I was just, I couldn't believe it. Like, like absolutely couldn't believe it. And I'm looking up a couple years here and like of the Sagarin things, especially in the, in the dominant times that NDSU has been good. Like the highest, like I've seen them ranked is in those really good years. I think they've been better in past years has been like in like the low thirties. Like mate, I think I've saw one high, high twenties. I think that year they beat Iowa. I think they cracked top 25, but like it wasn't like they were like ranked number 15. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. Well, oh, well, actually, this one in 2018. I guess they they had them at 19. But still, that's when they went 15. You know, that was 2018. I don't know who would have been when at that time, but still, I don't know. It's it's crazy. I don't believe it. But we we better move on, or else I know me and you could talk about that for a very long time. Unless you have another last comment. No, I just yeah, I just, I just want to say that that is one of the most ridiculous things that I've probably ever seen in my life. And he was making it out to be that it was just the UND crazies who are mad that NDSU is good. We're complaining about his take. It's like, no, we're complaining about your take because your take is bad, not because I'm a UND fan. Yeah. Like I said, I'm absolutely <laughs> flabbergasted. If you're that confident, so bad. you know, I want to call Alabama, Ohio state, Michigan, George, all these teams be like, Hey, you know, pay NDSU to, to, to come play you guys one of these years and just humble them, please. Please just go humble this them. This year's Michigan team, who we saw wasn't in the league of Alabama and Georgia, would beat NDSU this year by 40. I, I firmly believe that. No, like I, like I said, I think they'd be humbled a lot if, if not even those teams, if you had a Michigan State or whatever. But anyways, moving on. We're going to move on to the NBA, which finally after how many days have gone by that – Clay Thompson finally returns to the court. He, as of today, he has played two games, um, once against the Cavaliers and once the well, once against the Grizzlies. He's played minimal minutes, 20 minutes about each game, and he's came back to the court, and it's just it's great to see him back on the court, and I hope he stays healthy. I said, Jay, what, what's your response to Clay Thompson, and what, what do you think impact do you think he gives to the Warriors moving forward? I mean, honestly, I mean, right now, I think it's more morale than anything. I mean, he was their second-leading scorer on Sunday. We said, I mean, he got 19 minutes both games. I mean, he's not out there a ton, but I, I think it's just a big morale thing to get the other Splash Brother back. I think it's been coming back at a good time. I just saw before the episode started that Golden State six and four in the last 10 games. So they're struggling. They're struggling a little bit right now. So you know, maybe maybe they need a little bit of a spark plug here. So I. I think it's great. I mean, it's great to see him back. I mean, the Warriors have clearly have not been the same without him. They played two full seasons without Clay. It's been well over two years since he's been on the been, been on the floor. So it's it's great to see him back. By playoffs, I'm sure he'll be 100 percent back to back to his old self. And I mean, I think the Warriors can make a run at it this year with Clay. I think they could have without Clay. With Clay, I think they could definitely make a run. Yeah, no, I not going to really add much on to that. I just. Love to see Clay Thompson back. Loving to, looking forward to hopefully some more games where he only dribbles four times and drops fifty points down. 
So, he loved, he's such a good spot-up shooter and all. I love That's to a message to you kids out there. Don't mess around dribbling the basketball like I did back in the day. Just, 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 just learn how to shoot it. Out. Just learn how to shoot it off a catch, and you'll be, and you can score. Oh, Jacob, you talk about that. I swear, there's you talk about you play around dribbling. There's kids these days that, even in my school right now that I'm teaching Drayton, there's some kids that they just dribble around. Like, like I played one on one with my freshman class one day, and like half of them would just sit there and just dribble and just do between the legs behind their back. And I literally just sit there. I'm just like, what are you doing? It's just like, I'm not going to guard this. You're, you're not doing anything. You're just standing there dribbling around. It makes no sense. I, I'm i not going to get into it because that drives me nuts about how some of these kids, they just dribble way too much. But love that Clay Thompson's back. I think he'll impact this team in a very positive way. They've already one of the best teams in the NBA right before he came. And I think he'll give him a spark. And clearly throughout the time the pr- season progresses, He'll play more minutes, more minutes, more minutes. <clears throat> but love to see him back. Think think they're easily still probably the favorite to win the NBA. And excited. Hopefully he stays healthy. I pray to God Clay Thompson stays healthy. NBA is so much better when he's in that. I got I I I gotta agree. But um, you know, while, while we're talking about the Warriors right now, and Clay's return on Sunday, something happened on Sunday, Jared. Um so we're talking about the before the episode. So what happened on Sunday was Draymond Green started the game, and after the tip, he immediately walked up to the um, to the guy from the Cavs who was handling the ball and just intentionally fouled him three seconds into the game and sat the rest of the game. So what happened was um, Draymond. I, I don't remember what the exact deal was, but Draymond was having some sort of like knee soreness or tightness, you know, during warm up. So they were going to scratch him from the lineup, but they wanted him to be a part of Clay's return. So they started him. No one knew until about five minutes before the game was started when some random dude tweeted that they were going to do that. So what happened was all these sports books didn't have time <coughs> to adjust Draymond Green's over-unders. So before the game started and before Draymond did that, a bunch of guys were putting together, they were putting four grand on, you know, on, on Draymond under rebounds, under assists, under points. And um, all these sports books, I don't know, I don't know if it's been resolved yet, are deciding if they're going to pay those out or not. <clears throat> um, what do you think of that? I don't know how to respond to that. And it's 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 sports, you know. The Warriors didn't have to disclose that for the sports books, you know. God forbid that the sports books get screwed over one time about something like that. And it wasn't and, that many people because, like I said, like it was some dude with like 500 followers who tweeted like like three minutes before the game started that that Draymond was going to start and foul and leave the game immediately. Like, and if I bet on Draymond of some player thing, I've been this too. But the thing is, like, it's not the Warriors' responsibility to keep up with the sports books and put that stuff out there. So I, I'm completely fine with that. I I saw. Um, Bleacher Report betting because I follow that. Some dude put like a grand on. Draymond Green scoring the first pass of the game, and he would have won like, I don't know, he would have won like ten grand off of Draymond scoring the first basket by putting a thousand dollars on. And the first play, there's a video on it. You should look it up. And if anyone's listening, you gotta look it up. This, like, he literally fouls. Draymond fouls and walks off the court, and this guy starts freaking out. It's the most hilarious thing ever. I didn't know what was even happening at the time. I didn't realize that's the reason why. Um, he was in the game and then fouled, but like, cause they want to be part of the whatever. But besides that, I don't, I have no problem with that. It's, it, it's, 
the Warriors, it's all it's it's to their discretion. I know the sports betting world is taking a full turn in the United States, especially of a lot of states. New York opened it up for online sports betting last week, I believe, maybe a week and a half ago. But to that discretion, I have no problem with it. I mean, it's not it's not their responsibility for the betters. That's my opinion on it. And, yeah, it sucks for the people that might have bet and put some money down on it, but it's it's – it's at their discretion. It's at the discretion. I feel. I feel like that's just part of sports betting. You know, it's just like we talk about injuries, part of the game, part of sports betting. You know, it's not the team's responsibility to report that stuff. And you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna bet, and I'm one to do that, you know, a lot of people bet on games where Lamar Jackson's probable or it's a game time decision. Do you want to bet on that game? Because if Lamar plays, you're like. Wow, I feel confident bet, but if he doesn't, he'd be like, "Wow, you know what?" I think that's just part of it, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I mean, the big controversy here is like, if Draymond didn't play at all, like the bets would have just been void. But since he started and played a minute and recorded a stat, which was the foul, it's an official start. So they kind of have to pay it out because because he participated in the game and all of his unders hit. Yeah. Well. <clears throat> I don't care how many pe- people bet the over and didn't know about it. I mean, yeah, so I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I think they should pay it out, but I, I just think that that is so hilarious. I mean, like think of think of scrolling through Twitter and you see this random dude that's like, "Yep, Draymond's not gonna play. He's gonna start and go out," and then you immediately deposit ten grand into your DraftKings account and go, "All right, <laughs> we're in the unders." Yeah, well, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who are just bum fuzzled about everything out there of whatever. Whatever just happened, the people didn't know. Like I said, people didn't know until maybe that tweet, but people, you know, clearly don't see that. And I'm sure whatever WOJ, WOJ, whatever tweeted it about two minutes before the game started. But, and at that point, you know, it's hard to take, a, you can't take a bet bet like that. No, they got to pay him out, in my opinion. I love it. I love it. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we could, I think we could quit talking about that and talk about some, uh, a, a, a little bit of NFL. We could talk about. We could talk about the playoffs. What's kind of your initial reaction to you know how how the seeds and stuff have played out here? I like to say one fact that man, I wish the freaking Raiders and Chargers would end up in a tie so we could have had them both in there. It's one of those games they both could have made it. And from what I've seen from videos, that the Raiders were planning on kneeling it out to end the game there, but then the Chargers called a timeout and. I don't know who knows. I just saw a video of a guy at at the end of the game asked him, was like, were you guys going to kneel it out? And the one guy's like, yeah, we were going to. And he's like, mm, kind of whatever, roll his eyes. But I would have loved to see that. But to be honest, I'm looking forward to the NFC side. I'm not really looking forward much to the AFC side. Not going to lie. I, I feel like it's been NFC dominant. I feel like most of the teams you've been talking about this year has been from the NFC. You have the Packers, the Bucks. I mean, the Cowboys have been up there, and then the Rams and Cardinals. Like, I feel like all those teams we've talked about, and I feel like up until recently it's been the Chiefs, and we talked about – you talked about the Bills early in the season, and then when the Patriots are on their thing, you're like, oh, the Patriots. But now they kind of, you know, lost a lot of their last games and this and that. I predict them to be the one seed through the six. Whatever. But I don't know. I'm honestly looking forward to the NFC side. I'm I'm – very curious. The one game I actually want to watch out of all of them is the Rams Cardinals. Because 
those are two teams I believe have a very good chance to make the Super Bowl. And I hate to see that they're playing. I'd rather see the Cowboys versus the Rams and the Niners versus the Cardinals rather than just just so, you know, it's a later matchup. And I feel like every team in the NFC minus the Niners and and I'm maybe not even that. The Niners and the Eagles, I feel like every other team on the NFC side could win the Super Bowl. And I'm not even joking. And But we've talked about this later shows. I feel like there's a lot of teams that could win the Super Bowl. There's not one team in the AFC I feel like I'm positive that I could think they could. And I, I could argue the Chiefs, of course. Titans when they got Derrick Henry, maybe, whatever. But the one team in the AFC I talk about is, like, I and mean, we talked about it before the show. When the Bengals are hot, I know I think they're one of the best teams in the league. Yes, they've gone in streaks of being really good and kind of subpar, but we've seen it before with the Giants winning the Super Bowl. I feel like the two Super Bowls they won, they just got on a three-game three game really hot streak to win the Super Bowl. I think the Bengals are one of those teams that if they play three really good games, I think I could see them compete for it. I, do I think they're going to win? No. But in my opinion, I'm more or less watching the NFC side because I think there's so many teams on that side that could win it. And if I, had a, if I was a betting man... I think I'd bet on the NFC side compared to the AFC. I don't know what's your overall opinion. I'm not going to go dive deep into each single game, but my overall opinion, that's what my opinion on the playoffs. You know, I, I could be wrong. You know, you talk about the Giants. I'm pretty sure the Giants were wild cards both years they won the Super Bowl. I don't think they won their division either year. No, then that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, like, that, like I said, that, I mean, like, you worst, need a team to go hot for three games. Yeah, worst teams for sure than the Bengals have won Super Bowls and the Bengals are fully capable of playing of getting real hot and playing well they um they can I'm I mean I mean honestly at this point I mean Burrow can go off for 500 yards anytime and they're I mean I on record I was not a fan of them taking Jamar Chase I thought they needed to pick Penny Sewell and you know get a guy to protect Burrow but and honestly I don't think that line is still that good but they're the complete opposite of, you know, you know, of the general thinking that, I mean, their offensive line is bad, but it doesn't matter because they're so good at all their skill positions. They have three pretty good wide receivers. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, eh, two, I'm trying to think of the third. I mean, T Higgins and Jamar Chase are both real good. Joe Burrow is fantastic. Boyd. Oh yeah, that's right. Boyd. And um, Joe Mixon is awesome. I mean, like I said, the, I mean, the line I don't think is awful, but I mean... They're definitely like a top 10 line, but I mean, like they're so good at skill position that I mean, like, I mean, they can, they can beat anyone if they're playing hot. So, I mean, I think they're, I think they're definitely a dark horse. Um, I think the AFC is going to be <coughs> real interesting. I mean, I, I think the, the three teams that I think have the best chance of making the Super Bowl are, there are, are the Titans, the Chiefs, and then probably the Bengals because they can get hot. Um, <clears throat> I really, really like the Titans, especially if they get this week off. They give Derrick Henry another week to, you know, stay healthy and, I mean, to, to get healthy and, you know, get back to 100%. And they're going to be, I mean, Derrick Henry finished ninth <clears throat> in the league in rushing and he played less than half the games. He played eight of 17 games and he finished ninth in rushing. This, yeah, this, this well, dude's well, a man. I, we talk about it every single week while well, you bring it up about every week. It's like, Derrick Henry's still four. He's still five. And like, it's kind of crazy to think about, and in my opinion, I think if the I think the only way the Chiefs don't make this if the Chiefs are in the AFC Championship, I'd be I'd be betting that they're gonna make the Super Bowl. 
I if because that's to my opinion that's just been the Chiefs, and I think it's I think they might be tested by the Steelers and their second game, depending who they play. They might be tested. I won't be surprised if any team, honestly, minus the Raiders, if any of the teams in the AFC made it, I won't be surprised. And I don't see the Steelers and, doing anything. Okay, never mind. But, well, I'm just saying, I feel like there's NFC. There's a lot of good teams, so I won't be surprised if any of them make it. But the AFC, then again, I'm thinking to do, I just don't think any of them are to the NFC level that if any of them make it to the Super Bowl either, I would be surprised, in my opinion. Yeah, if and, I I think I'd have my money on probably a Packers. I'm gonna go Titans, <laughs> either the Titans or the Chiefs. I I really do think this is the year the Packers finally get there. They're in Lambeau the whole time. Rodgers is playing well. Defense is good. They've been consistent all year, other than that first game. I think it's the year they make it. I don't know if they win. Um, like I said, I. I think I have my money's on the Packers and probably the Titans. I'm I'm, I'm about 60-40 Titans-Chiefs here just because the Titans looked so good at the beginning of the year with, with Henry, and they still looked great after. And in my opinion, I think it's going to be um, Packers-Chiefs. But I want to throw a random one out there, and this is going to be a, a long ball. And this is... And part of me, I want to say this is what I think it's going to be. Because the NFC, I wouldn't be surprised if the Packers lose. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Chiefs or the Titans. I'm going to say Bengals versus the Rams in the Super Bowl. I mean, I think that's I think that's not all that big of a hot take here. I mean, and, and it's the, the Rams have shown they can, they, can, they can be hot and great too. And I don't know if it's much hot take because the thing is, I think the Packers, the Bucks, the Cowboys, the Rams, the Cardinals – all five of them on that side could easily go off for three games and be hot. And they're all within a game of each other, mind you. I mean, the Packers are thirteen and four, and 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 there's a and the Bucks are, are thirteen and four, and then seeds three through five are all twelve and five. Well, the Cardinals are eleven and six. That's not a big gap. Oh yeah, my bad. But still, <clears throat> it's not a big gap. It, it's not. And like I said, I'm excited. Honestly, this is like the first year I feel like I've actually kind of been invested in the NFL playoffs. And it's not even the AFC side. Like I said, it's just the NFC. I want to see how that plays out because I think it's going to be the Packers. And uh, I think the Bucks are going to win. I think the Cowboys will be the 49ers and the Rams and Cardinals, whoever wins that one. And then after that, it's going to be, like you said, the, it's going to be Packers versus the Rams and Cardinals. And it's going to be the Bucks versus the Cowboys. I'm very interested to see what the NFC championship looks game looks like because – I'm not one of those people who be like, there's not going to be an upset, but like, I don't. I think the Bucks will be the, handle the Eagles, and I think the Cowboys will handle the 49ers. And I'm very excited for that side. Actually, I, after the first round, I think I'm actually gonna, probably going to watch the rest of the playoffs because I I'm not one to actually watch NFL playoffs until like the Super Bowl or even like the championship games, the each conference. But very excited on the NFC side. Very excited because I just think there's so many good teams on that side that could come out winning. And I know I'm not one of the Cowboys haters. I'm actually hoping by if there's I'm hoping the but minus the Patriots, of course, my next team would be the Packers. But I'm not going to lie. I'm actually kind of hoping for the Cowboys. I, I want to be the Cowboys year. I want Dak and I want the Cowboys to win. But then again, they win. I feel like Cowboys fans would be nuts all over the U.S. I think the they're losing the 49ers in the first round. I think the 49ers are better than their record shows. Well, they're 10-7, and seven, which isn't bad. I think the 49ers are good. I think the Cowboys win. I just think their offense and they got a strong defense this year. I'm not going to lie. If I had, 
I think the Cowboys will be, if I had to bet, I think the Cowboys are going to be in the NFC Championship. I'm not saying they're going to win. I think the Cowboys are going to be there this year. I think they will. But moving forward, talking about the Packers, the Bucks, all these teams, we have one last topic in here for our podcast and NFL. MVP picks. Clearly, we have Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and we've talked in past shows of who we think the MVP favorites are. Bruce Arians came out, I think it was today or yesterday, that said um, that he thinks there's no way Tom Brady can't be considered or should be because he's broken these records. He's had another great season that he should be considered the favorites. But as of right now, um, today, Aaron Rodgers is a favorite at minus 400, then Tom Brady plus 400, Cooper Cup. I'm not going to go into Cooper Cup, Joe Burrow, Jonathan Taylor. That's about as far as it go. Who do you think should be or who deserves the MVP? I think I said a few weeks ago <coughs> that Cooper Cup was my MVP, and I, I'm going to stick to my guns here, and, and I'm going to tell you why. I think it comes down to four guys. It's either, it either has to be Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Jonathan Taylor, or Cooper Cup. I'm going to roll out Jonathan Taylor um, first. He's had a great year. I think he has over 1,800 rushing yards, um, leads league in rushing touchdowns and such. But I don't think he's had a historically great enough season for a running back to really warrant um, winning MVP. I mean, we kind of joke that the Super Bowl is, 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 is a, I mean, I mean, that the MVP is a quarterback award. I mean, and it kind of should be. I mean, the quarterback is the most important player in the football field, and they typically are considered to be the best player on a team. Um, so in order for you to, I think, to give it, uh, to give a diff- another position over a quarterback, um, you know, you, you have to be historically pretty great. Yeah, like, you know, um, when AP had a 2,000-year rushing season, he won, his, he won an MVP. Derrick Henry probably should have last year, in my opinion. Um, eh, maybe not. Uh, Aaron Rodgers had a great year last year, but um, so I'm gonna roll Jonathan Taylor. Um, you know, Cup had a historically great year. I get that he had one more game, but I mean, he finished like 15 yards short of breaking Calvin Johnson's receiving record. You know, and he's a six-one white guy. <laughs> um, he 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 won the receiving triple crown. I mean, said I mean, so he he had a, he had a historically great year. Um, I think. And I just don't, I mean, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, um, I think has probably played the best, but I mean, he missed a game because stat, I mean, it, 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 it shouldn't be a, a statistical award, but, um, I don't think his stats are quite there. He didn't have the volume that you'd expect someone of his caliber to have. And Brady, um, and I give um Brady had <laughs> these great stats here, but he had a ton of volume. I mean, his yards per attempt weren't amazing. Um, he just had a ton of volume this year. Um, so I'm going to give it, I mean, and and I think Cup has the, had the, has the biggest impact on his team out of all these guys. Jonathan Taylor probably more, but like I said, I don't think he had a historically good enough season to warrant an MVP. He should be in the top. I don't think he should get it. Um, so I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna give it to Cooper Cup this year. Okay. Yeah, I I don't know. And there's been discussion that we maybe could have even added to this too, but um, is that the fact that the part of it is that I, I don't know who I want to say wins the MVP. I, I think it could go to anybody. Um, I, I think uh, it's tough. I think Aaron Rodgers in my head, and there's been discussion prior to that. Does Cooper cup 
deserve, like if you would have broke those records, what have you deserved it because they played one extra game? Or say he broke the record. Should there have been an asterisk mark saying like he played one more game than all these rest of these these people? Because that one more game does make a big deal out of all these stats that that are, that are being put out there. It does. And I don't know. In the past, I it is a quarterbacks quarterbacks uh, game. Out of the to, actually, to let you know, out of the sixty five. MVP winners, 44 have been quarterbacks and 18 have been running backs. Only three other people have won MVP, which has been a, a did, kicker. Did, did you, I was going to say, did you know one of them was a kicker? Well, for, yeah, the, so for the Redskins, I think. Yeah, um, yeah, it's been a kicker, and I'm not even sure who the rest have been. Probably be a linebacker and, a, and an edge rusher or something back in the day. No, actually... The one of, one of them was a kick returner, maybe. I think he was a return guy. Well, in nineteen sixty-two, a fullback, Jim Taylor, won it, and a, Jim Brown it says listed as a fullback here too. But, but there's been three people or whatnot that have apparently not that haven't been a running back or a quarterback, and I'd want to say Jonathan Taylor, and you know he hasn't had the historic season that like AP had when he won it the one year, but like. I don't know. It's it, it's a tough. You can argue Tom Brady. You could argue. You can argue all of them. Clearly, I think the favorite is minus four hundred. Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to win it. And what a season! We talked about him retiring last episode, or a couple episodes ago. What a season for him to end if he wins MVP in the Super Bowl. Be one one hell of a way to go out. I quit. <laughs> and. Like we've, I, I would argue that LeBron James deserves a lot more MVPs than he does. And if you ask me, like we're talking about, and you talk about the stats thing, if we're talking about who's the most valuable player, who's the best player, who's the one player I want in the NFL, who's the most valuable, I would say Aaron Rodgers. I wouldn't say Jonathan Taylor. I wouldn't say Cooper Cup. And that's the thing. That's that's the thought of it being a quarterback league. Like if you have a great quarterback, you're going to be a better team. That's just how it is. And this this award is more quarterback written too, but like, if you ask me who I want, who's the most valuable player that I'd want on my team, if you completely drafted everybody that's in the NFL over again, who's the number one pick? I'd say Aaron Rodgers. And for that reason, I'd pick him. And for all those years that LeBron didn't win it to it and Russell Westbrook has triple-double, James Harden here and that, if you would have asked me who's the most valuable who's the most valuable player in the NBA, LeBron James. We don't have to get into that more, but in my opinion, I feel like that's how the award, the award should be. And – Michael Jordan won all of those ones. I feel like back in the day, that's what they thought about. They didn't think about, oh, this guy had a great statistical season. I think they just think, who's the best player and who do I want on my team this like this year? I think that's how the world worked. They just said, I want Michael Jordan. And I feel like if the NBA was different like that too, I feel like all these reports, if they'd say the same about LeBron James, LeBron James would have won, maybe not this year, maybe not last year too, but he would have won 10 straight MVP awards. But that's why I think, in my opinion, if I'm picking one guy who I think is the most valuable player, Aaron Rodgers. And that's how I want to look at this award, but I don't think that's how people do it. It's, just, it's, just, it's just a statistical award, but also depending how good you are and how good your team is. Yeah, and I think when I was looking earlier, um, I think um, the only player <clears throat> to ever win an MVP when their team won like less than like 10 games or um, it was 11 or less games was I think like Matt Ryan and someone else. So I mean, So, I mean, your team being good... 
you know, matters. And if Aaron Rodgers does, I mean, if Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady win the MVP this year, which let's be honest, one of those two will, they're not going to give it to Cup or um, Taylor. They'll be in sole possession of second place in MVPs all time behind only Peyton Manning, who won five. And both Rodgers and Brady have won three. Which is crazy yeah. to think that Rodgers and Brady have only won three apiece. Well, it's crazy to think that if Rodgers wins it, that... Well, that, that's one of those arguments that you, you can throw out there, too, is that, like, people with LeBron and MJ and all that, they'll talk about MVP or MVP awards and stuff like that, but, like, Aaron Rodgers, if he wins this one, he'll be he'll be the first uh, player since Peyton Manning to win back-to-back MVP awards. Peyton Manning back in 2008-2009. That's tough to do. Yeah. It, it is tough to do, and the thing is, though, too, is I feel like the past four years I would have said Aaron Rodgers. Then prior to that, I probably would have said Tom Brady all those years too. But Tom Brady won 2010, and, the last, and then in between that, he won in 2017. And I feel like between 2010 and 2017, you could have said Tom Brady about three, at least three times in between that. But like I said, it's not. We also got to keep in mind that the MVP is a regular season award, and Tom Brady and Tom Brady is the best ever because of his postseason greatness, right? Yeah. And he has the no. and and he, and 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 he has the Super Bowl MVPs to prove it, right? Well, that's a that, Peyton, that's Peyton has won. That's that's the thing about it, and you. Aaron Rodgers, I believe, has won as well. I'm pretty sure the one Super Bowl he won, he won the yeah. MVP award there too. But that's the thing. I I know it's a statistical thing. I wish it was just like who's the best player. I honestly then they name it the was, best player award, right? I mean, it's a it's a seasonal award for. I kind of I kind I mean I kind of think the MVP is a combination of who is the you know the best most valuable player and just who had the best season because it is it is an award for an individual season. It's not the best player award because if it was the best player award, the same person would win every year, but you have to take into account, you know, maybe someone just played a little bit better in these stretch of games. Yeah. Okay. I understand that, but I feel like if you say in this season, who's the, the player you want or who's, who's been the best player all season. I feel like sometimes the answer isn't who's the MVP. I feel like statistically those, those years that, Russell Westbrook averaged a triple-double. Are you telling me if you said who's the best player, who had the best season, just because he averaged a triple-double, are you taking Russell Westbrook? I I wouldn't say he even had the best season those years because they said you have to take into account volume Like I mean, when, when you think about that and, and turnovers. I'm a big turnover guy. Like, like if you're going to turn it over five times a game, you don't get to win the MVP. Yeah, well, well like I said, we discussed that whole turnover thing last week. But I don't know. In my opinion, like I said, I – I'm not saying who's the best, like Tom Brady's the best or Aaron Rodgers the best, but I just feel like if you ask me, like, and even the year Patrick Mahomes, like Lamar Jackson, one of the years before that, if you said best season, I, and the way you look at a best season is, is statistically wise, though. You look to see, like, I mean, not necessarily. Who, I, I mean, I, I legitimately not necessarily. think, I legitimately, I legitimately, I legitimately think that Chris Paul should have been the MVP last year, and his stats weren't amazing. Well, that's that's us talking about it, though. But that's what the the media and that's how they look. They see who's throwing the most touchdowns, least interceptions. Who, if it's a running back, did he score a, a lot of more touchdowns than a lot of other people? And did he rush for a lot of yards? That's what they look at. But in my opinion, I think it should be like you said, who's the best 
If I'm going to take someone this season, you don't have to say their whole career, who's the best this season, who I think is most talented. I think most years, in my opinion, it would have been Aaron Rodgers, and I think it would have been Tom Brady most of his years. Even the year Matt Ryan won it, they end up losing. But, like, all those years and stuff like that, I just think there's a lot of years that we look at it as just not we as me and you, but as the people who vote on it as a statistical thing, not who's actually the best this season. And I, think, I mean, with Rodgers being I think, the favorite, I mean, Rodgers hasn't had the best statistical season for any quarterback um, outside of pretty much his QBR. That's the only thing where he's been statistically better than anyone else this year, that in interceptions. I'm not saying I'm not saying as the people that get voted are the best statistical, but they're up in the top of that season, though. I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers is the top of everything. He's not, but I'm saying he's still up there. And <clears throat> that's my point. I'm saying though, all those years of – LeBron James didn't win, and I feel like if you just say who's the best this season, I feel like almost every single year you could say LeBron James. Maybe those years that Kevin Durant was coming up, you say KD or whatnot, but whatever. I, I just think if I'm picking one person and I'm saying who's been the best player this season, Aaron Rodgers didn't play one game too, you gotta remember. You know, that pro- probably has an effect on some of his st- statistical things as well. Because he didn't play against Kansas City, but yeah, I mean, you know, that can be seen as a positive or a negative. I mean, a negative is is you missed a game. You don't you don't want guys missing games. I mean, yeah. Well, like I said, I'm not going to get into that as much. I I, I don't foresee Aaron Rodgers having an absolutely. Again, he had a subpar game his first game of the season. But like I said, we're all everyone is recent, not what happened at the beginning of the season. But <clears throat> anyways, I think Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers should win it. In my opinion, I know I say Cooper Cup. Yeah, you can make an argument for him. You pro- maybe you should. But the NFL looks at it as, as not that award. If you're telling me Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, I'm taking Aaron Rodgers as MVP. I think Tom Brady's actually going to win it, even though he's not the favorite. I kind of I kind of think the media has a problem with, with Aaron Rodgers right now. And uh, unfortunately for him, the media votes. Well, Jacob, go put $100 on it and you'll win 400 So Not a bad idea. But, well, thank you, guys. I think that's the end of the show. I'll, I'll stop us right there before we start rambling and arguing about some other stupid thing. But <clears throat> thank you, guys, for listening. Um, we'll be back next week. Like I said, I don't think we'll be back this week at all. Um, be back next week discussing some other things. And like I said, depending on the week, you know, it might be one or two, I, I especially with me. Though I have girls basketball, I feel like it might be hard to do it twice a week. So it might might be back again next Wednesday, and that'll probably be the end of it. I think I think that sounds like a stellar plan, and I think with less stuff to talk about, I might be able to mix in a little bit of college b-ball because I've been I've, I've been watching a few games lately, and it's it, the season's been interesting. <clears throat> oh yeah, we can talk about it. The two undefeated teams lost, lost, lost this, these past couple Texas days. Texas playing so. real real well. So, but I guess we'll see you guys next week. Thank you for the ones that are listening. And yeah, we'll be talking again next week. So thank you guys.